Mr. Down Mr. to Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I don't want it. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real one. I don't use it. But it's Not real. in your vocab. Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleicher, part of DailyThunder.com. We're also featured on Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening via Dash Radio, welcome to our show. We talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Our show today is brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Are you trying to get into a new home in 2018? Or are you trying to sell your house in 2018? There's somebody that can help you get a kickstart on that. And it's Grady Carter. You can find Grady on social media, Homeboy OK. You can find him on his website, homeboyok.com. Grady knows the OKC market so well, and he knows exactly what to do to get you into the home that you want or to sell the home that you need to get rid of. But the best thing about him, and you know this if you listen to our show, is that Grady is just the best dude ever. Like He, he will be your friend. So you will accomplish two things. One, you will sell or buy a great home. Two, you'll come away with a good friend. So please contact Grady Carter if you are in the market for a home or wanting to sell your home in the Oklahoma City area. Homeboyok.com or homeboyok on any social media platform. Grady wants to be your homeboy. With me today, I have Matt Craig. Matt, what's up? What is up? It is a strange time to be a Thunder fan. <laughs> it is. So the, the Thunder haven't played since Saturday, which might be good for everyone's sanity at this point because that back-to-back was so brutal. Uh, they do play tonight uh, in Orlando. Um, and honestly, I've got no predictions for you. <laughs> I don't know. This Thunder team can lose to anybody at this point, or they could come and they could blow out the Magic. But I... I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, you have any expectations for tonight? Well, it's funny when you look at the schedule and you see a team that's like seven and thirteen or something, and you're like, oh, "Okay, we're playing a bad team tonight." And then you remember our record is like that, yeah. so they're maybe looking at it saying we're playing a bad team tonight. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any time that we can do that at least at this point. Uh, so. I mean, ordinarily you would think, okay, Magic, that's a game we should win. Uh, right now, yeah, it sure doesn't feel like that. And I, I kind of, I would kind of disagree with you saying that maybe this time off has been good. I feel like it's kind of only stirred the pot, you know, without <laughs> any new games to talk about. It's really just allowed people to, you know, focus on the bad, you know, we're coming off of the worst game of the season and now we've had five games to talk about it. It's kind of, it's almost been worse. Yeah, my boss... Just walks by me and say the thunder suck every day. It's like great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna answer your questions. Uh, we got some good questions in here. This will, we're gonna try to make this fun. Uh, this is from just Shannon Baby. Do you think the thunder play down to teams that aren't very good? Yeah, I think 
Absolutely. They play down to teams that aren't very good. I think they play down to teams that are good too, at least, uh, (laughs) at least at this point. Um, it's, it's definitely the case that when they lock in, they're a better team and they haven't done that a lot. Um, but I don't know. I think that that, that, uh, storyline is kind of overblown somewhat because they've been close at the end of games a lot. And you would think, in the crunch time, that's when you would lock in and then they should be good in the crunch time. And that's absolutely not been the case. Right. Um, so, you know, have they played down to their competition? Well, they've built 20 point leads (laughs) in many of these games and then down the stretch is when they fold. So I don't know. I feel like to some degree that storyline has kind of been overblown. Yeah. I think their biggest problem is that their best, their very best they can give is elite. And then their like baseline that they give throughout games is like awful. <laughs> I mean, there's, I'm not sure that there's a team that can play as good and as bad as the thunder do in one game, uh, in the NBA. Yeah. I, I had a chance to over Thanksgiving break. I went to the Pistons game and just sitting there, it was a tale of two completely different teams. Yeah. I mean, there was a stretch in, you know, late second quarter, early third quarter that was like, wow, we're playing like the Warriors game again. Like, this is awesome. And then in the fourth quarter, it was like, who is this team and what have they done with my team? Right. You know, <laughs> it was awful to close the game. So it it's really strange. And the, and the strange thing is for people that are trying to explain it, you know, like us, it's like, I don't know what to say. I mean, right. they're just playing bad, and they're good players that are playing like bad players, and the numbers necess- don't necessarily even explain a lot of what's going on because um, in some ways the numbers have still been pretty good, yeah. uh, at least some of the numbers. And it's just really hard to explain why good players are missing open shots, you know, for example, or good players are letting people go by them on defense. It, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I feel like something happened in that Boston game early in the season. Cause before then, like they were, you know, they beat Indiana, New York, and, you know, they played close against both times against Minnesota, but lost, you know, in games that probably they were a little bit unlucky. They killed Milwaukee and then they destroyed Boston in the first half and then they just died. And something happened in the second half that I feel continued has continued to plague them basically in every game except for uh the warriors game and it's just really it's weird it's been weird but yeah i do think that they and that's been kind of like an ongoing thunder problem for a long time like when the thunder had really good teams in the regular season they would play to the level their opponent and that happened a lot and you know those things can happen in the regular season, and as long as you can turn it on in the playoffs, it's okay. Because you're, I mean, the Thunder aren't going to run into like, you know, the Magic or the Mavs in the playoffs or anything like that. But it's still it's frustrating as a fan, certainly. So what you're saying is the Leprechaun put a curse on us. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, but we've we've solved it. We have solved the mystery here, folks. We have figured it out. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. You can go to the press. It's a brand new restaurant. It is in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. You can get some great stuff. So you could get this appetizer. It's waffle fry bonanza. Waffle fries, queso, cheddar, diced red onion, diced bacon, and barbecue sauce drizzle. Ooh, that sounds so good. 
They've got some great salads. I mean, continuing the theme of salads with Anchor Down, they've got some great salads that you should check out. Uh, and also brunch. Like, who doesn't love brunch? Everybody loves brunch. They have biscuits and gravy that are just to die for. Go check that out. They also have this buffalo mac and cheese. Uh, it's got buffalo chicken strips in this mac and cheese that is just so good. Uh, Indian tacos. I love Indian tacos. They got Indian tacos here. Uh, they've also got a great chicken fried steak. So please go check out the press today. Take a friend, take your family down to the plaza and eat at the press. You can find them on their website, thepressokc.com. You can also find them on social media at the press. Okay. Uh, you can find that on Instagram. Their Instagram is so good because it just makes you want to go there. So go follow them on Instagram, go eat at the press and support the people that support down to dunk. From Jared KW13, can you give a percentage of blame to everyone on the Thunder for the struggles this season? Mm. Uh, man, percentage is tough, but I would give the most percentage to Russell Westbrook. Um, he it was the MVP last season. I don't think people really need to be reminded of that. And what's interesting is the mindset of, like I said, the people that talk about the Thunder – uh, because everything revolves around Russell Westbrook. And I, I will admit, like, the Ringer piece that came out this week had some things in it that were really flawed if you watch all the Thunder games and follow the, the pulse of the team. But there was definitely some really good points in it. For example, like, Russell Westbrook doesn't do anything off the ball. Uh, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't really set screens. He doesn't cut. He pretty much just stands out there. And when he catches the ball, he, he rarely... Um, catch and shoot right away. He'll kind of wait and take a couple dribbles, wait for the defense to pretty much all be staring at him before he operates. Um, so I, and, and their stat about him logging one screen assist all last season and four this season. I mean, that was, that was pretty good stuff. And besides just the style of play that their point that basically it's doomed and it's never going to get better as long as Russell Westbrook is on the team. I disagree with that. Because if he were to just play like last season, uh, I mean, it would that would that would be exactly what the Thunder need. Because he is just shooting an awful percentage. The, the thing is, everyone wants to say the Thunder are taking too many mid range jump shots, and there's no question that they are. But Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo—that's like a big part of their games. There are three guys that take a lot of uh, mid range jump shots, and from last year to this year. Russell Westbrook is down 10 percentage points. And now, right now, he's making 27% of his mid-range jump shots. That's in the ninth percentile of the NBA. The ninth percentile. Mm -hmm. And Paul George is down 9 percentage points on mid-range jump shots. And Carmelo is down 3%. But, I mean, these guys are just not making shots. And to some degree, like, the law of averages, it kind of has to come back up. And I know that's not really what Thunder fans want to hear because they want solutions <laughs> and waiting it out. Doesn't really seem like it's uh, when you're in, when you're in it as a fan, waiting it out doesn't really seem like an option, but these guys are just playing bad. And I would give the most blame to Russell Westbrook, who has not been playing well. Um, and aside from that, not been really making a lot of good, good decisions uh, on the court like you'd expect from a reigning MVP. Yeah, I think I agree with most everything you said. That, And it's and you're right. Like The two-point jumpers, 
are a problem to an extent, but I think it's more of the the kind of shots that they're getting within the mid range. Like they can take they can take a lot of mid range shots. You know, the Spurs do that, and they still win a ton of games. You know, the Thunder can do that and win games, but they need to take like non contested twos, or they need to try to have the defense on their yeah. heels some, or they need to they just need to leverage their talent to get better shots, and they just they just don't do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when they can start doing those things, and I think that they will, I, th- I do think this team is going to get better. Uh, this team, their record is not, does not indicate the type of team that they are, or the type of team that they will be, um, you know, come April. But, you know, yep. they're going to figure it out. I'm, My, I'm really not yep. that worried. For Yeah, for all the people that are, like, talking about the draft and talking about playoffs, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. It is. Like when I, when we, when you find out that the Mavs beat us by 17 points, you know, it's like, wow, like, are we really that bad? You know, so I get it. I get the, I get the concern, but like, that's just not going to happen. The, the Thunder at some point this season are going to, you know, they're going to rip off like, you know, nine out of 10 or something like that. They just, they feel like that type of team because if you watch the Warriors game and everyone that will listen to this podcast probably did. That is the team that they are capable of being, you know, or or ninety percent of that team on any given night, which is an excellent team. And the thing I'll say, this is this is uh, my hypothesis. Everyone has a guess for what the problem is with uh, with the Thunder offense. Here's here's what I think the biggest problem is, and there's no stats really to back this up. Just watching the games and watching a lot of basketball games. I wish there was a stat for the amount of times that one guy took a shot and all five of the defensive players were just staring at that one guy. Because Mm -hmm. the problem is basically like how many possessions end in everyone knowing who is going to shoot it. Yeah. And every all five defensive players pretty much just standing and, and staring at that guy. And what that does is a couple of things. One, it allows the defense to rest. I don't think that we're tiring defenses out, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why in the fourth quarters uh, their defense has been able to stifle us more. Is you know we're not we're not making them run around, we're not making them guess, and also obviously the lack of off the ball motion is not allowing for easy shots once that player passes out of the isolation because everyone's saying well then just pass out of the isolation but if that if all the defense is just staring at that guy then it's super easy for the defense to rotate um and so i think it's the problem is not necessarily i mean well the problem is absolutely taking contested twos but it's more of just holding the ball all three of the stars like to have the ball in their hands they like to feel it they like to feel out the defense and take a second before they attack and I think that that the combination of all three doing that has been, you know, the cumulative effect of this really stagnant offense that doesn't get great shots and fades down the stretch. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that the Thunder definitely lead the league in the amount of seconds on the shot clock that the that you know who's going to take the shot. <laughs> because like you can, they all have their tells, and I don't know if I know Paul George's <laughs> tell, but Melo's tell is like two jab steps. Jabs. Oh, he's not giving that ball up. Russell Westbrook does that thing where he dribbles a couple times and he's the high dribble dance. You're like, okay, Russ is going to shoot. I don't know when, but he's going to. Um, They all have their tells. And it's 
it it is frustrating at times because you're like, great, I know exactly how this possession is going to end, and it's and you're, and the Thunder at this point they're make or miss, you know. With whenever you do that, they're just make or miss, and if they're making shots, great, they can have a chance to win, and if they're missing, then you know that sucks because that's those are the shots that you're getting, and so. Uh, you're right. Uh, as far as percentages go, uh, for me, it's 10% Russ, 10% Billy, 10% Mellow, and 70% Kyle Singler. <laughs> hey, well, we can't blame Nick Collison. We found that out. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, what the Thunder need is starting power forward Nick Collison. Yeah. Um, from at Glazed and Consumed, there's a lot of cool dudes and dudettes out there. Who are your coolest dudes growing up? Uh, not basketball, but in general. Yeah, I I was this asking like for me to name my friends or like people in pop culture. I I, I didn't think, get this question. I thought I think celebrities because I don't celebrities. I don't want to be like yeah this dude. I was like Miles yeah, was really cool. shut up my guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my boy from back home. Um, okay, celebrities. It is. Uh, hmm. Let me think. Let me think about that. You go first. Okay. Uh, I know he said not basketball related, but my my guy growing up was Shaq. Like that was my dude. And as I as I've grown older and I've read some of his books and like you watch him on TNT, like my childhood hero is like not quite as cool as I had hoped he was when I was a kid. Uh, but that was definitely my guy. My other guy, um, I love Ghostbusters, the original movie, and uh, Bill Murray was just just my guy. Still my guy to this day. I love Bill Murray. Boom. Well, I've I've said this before in basketball. My hero was JJ Redick. I watched. Yeah. I think I watched every single Duke basketball game that he played, and I had like a bunch of his jerseys and <laughs> that sort of thing. And then my favorite movie, like when I was a kid, and I probably someone probably should have stopped me from watching this at how young an age I did. But uh, Dodgeball. Yeah, I watched the movie Dodgeball over and over and over. Um, and if that makes Ben Stiller my guy, then I probably need to like you know, reevaluate, uh, and, and get cooler celebrities that I look up to, but I watch dodgeball all the time. That's great. Um, from at Lance Dallas, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I, I feel like I say his name a lot and I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm sorry. His name is AJ. Sorry, AJ. If I'm saying this wrong. Let me know if I'm, how to, how to say it right. Uh, May not be in your wheelhouse, but any idea why Memphis fired Fisdale? Any chance Presti might start looking at him if OKC doesn't turn it around? Uh, second half of the question, no. Like they're they're fully on the Billy Donovan train. I mean, if they're like ten games below five hundred after Christmas, then like all right, maybe they'd look to do something. But there, I just don't one. I don't think that's going to happen. Two, I don't think they're looking to you know let go of Billy. So. Um, I I agree with you. I, I mean, I think we can go through this quickly. Like Fisdale seemed to be at odds with Mark Gasol, um, yeah. and uh, if a franchise has to has to pick between a, a franchise player and a coach, like I can't think of a certain, any situation in the league other than Greg Popovich of San Antonio where the where the franchise would think that a coach is more valuable than a franchise player. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think it's like. Um, the uh, the nerds that work in the the basketball front office that are like, well, data, you know, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like data. Let's fire him. That's right. Uh, and as far as Oklahoma City, like, I think Billy Donovan is as actually a pretty good coach. And I've I've said this on this podcast a bunch of times. I don't really know that he is the problem. He's just really easy to blame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something I don't know something about Billy Donovan, like. 
he doesn't defend himself a whole lot because all he does is, you know, the coach speak. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't defend himself like Fisdale, but then again, look what happened to Fisdale, so maybe that doesn't help too much. Um, but, yeah, something about Bo Donovan is really easy to blame, so Thunder fans are doing it. Yeah, the Thunder, and, the Thunder have had two coaches like that. Scott Brooks was the exact same. It was so yeah. easy to blame Scotty. And no matter what you think, like, even if you think he should be fired, which I don't, the Thunder are just not going to do that in the middle of the season. No, no, they're not. Uh, Chris Vernon, who works for the Ringer, covers the the Grizzlies, lives in, lives in Memphis, is at every game. Um, he's one of the radio guys there in Memphis. He uh, talked about how he and Marcus All have not been on good terms for a long time, and that benching was kind of like the the final thing uh, with their relationship. But whenever he did that, take that for data thing, like the whole like the whole city was buzzing. You know, they were selling all these T-shirts and everything was just going crazy for him, for Fisdale. And like Tony Allen and these other guys said that they were going to go ahead and pay his fine uh, because they just loved him so much. And then they went and asked Mark Gasol about it. And his words were, I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what you guys are talking about. And like, I bet I bet you he does know, but he just, he just, he and Fizz just didn't get along for whatever reason. Mm, that's tough. I mean, that that's a really tough situation. I'm glad the Thunder have really never been in that situation. Um, and the only way that this one of Billy Donovan changes is, is if the team quits or one of the players gets it, you know, a legitimate adversarial relationship with Billy Donovan. I just don't think that's going to happen. You know, no, it's not. And, you know, the players have all backed Billy multiple times. Yeah. Steven does it all the time. Um, and Russ did it the other day, which is not yep. something that Russ really does with a coach. And so for him to do that, he like went out of his way to compliment Billy and what a great coach he is. And, um, you know, Russ doesn't really say a lot of nice things about people. So that, I mean, that really does mean something. Um, from uh, Mennonite Ross, uh, what reasonable change would you make if you were the Thunder GM or coach? What unreasonable change would you make? Yeah, I, I think this one we can kind of fold in this question with the like, what would you rewind or what would you unwind before the season? I yeah. think there was a question like that. I it's weird, but the Patrick Patterson move was a unanimous success in, oh, yeah. the, in before the season and if i was the gm that's probably the one that i would undo yeah which is weird to say because like i was a huge patrick patterson fan i mean not like i wasn't i didn't you know i don't have a patrick patterson jersey in my closet <laughs> i'm not like i'm not a fan like that i mean just like of his game and what he offers to an nba team theoretically mm-hmm. in 2017 because he spaces the floor and he was a decent rebounder you know rate wise and he was a pretty good defender and all the things in Toronto that he showed, it was like, man, we could use that. And then we got him and it was cheap. So I don't know if other teams maybe saw something medically that, you know, we didn't see. Maybe he's not playing hundred percent or maybe he just doesn't have it anymore, but he's been awful for the thunder this year. And I have to tell everyone that tell that asked me like, why did we pick this guy up? I'm like, you didn't see him last year. You know, yeah. he was completely different and he was extremely useful. And if we had that player, that would be a really nice piece for us to have. But he has been really, really bad, and if he continues to be this bad, then he's just going to have to be phased out. You know, the Thunder can't afford to keep giving him minutes if he's going to continue to be this bad. Um, so that's the reasonable move I would make. And then the unreasonable move is like, listen, I've never been a Carmelo fan. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm sorry, like the numbers just don't back that up. The numbers say that he's been pretty good and yeah. whatever – 
he's just an eyesore for me and and he, i don't know he makes me unreasonably angry whenever i'm watching the thunder games uh so that would be my unreasonable change would be to either undo the trade that was made for him or somehow convince another team to take him in a trade um and that that's unreasonable because it's i'm probably just irrational in my in how i view his game and he probably is a nice piece if we figure everything out and he was really good in the warriors game but my unreasonable move would be to get rid of mellow let me see how unreasonable you are about this would you trade him to houston for ryan anderson oh my goodness um i would think about it no probably not (laughs) okay that i mean i'm i'm definitely pondering that though because i mean that's that's you know that was what was on the table. Okay, so the Ryan Anderson's not quite enough. Ooh, it's, it's You're getting close there, though. It's tough, um, but yeah, that's that. I mean, I'm sure the Rockets would do that still. Yeah, <laughs> how weird would that be? That would be, and, I, and he would probably go there and just be amazing. Um, okay, yeah, I would put Robertson to the bench and have him be like your sixth or seventh guy. And start Alex Abrinas. That's what I would do. I think that's a reasonable thing to do. Something something to try. And I've talked about this you know, before. That It's just funny that Billy loves to tinker with everything except the starting lineup. And I think that's a Thunder thing. The Thunder have never really... I mean, the, the starting lineup has always been set in stone. You know, back to the Tavo days. Um, but that's something that I would do. I would just give it a shot. What All the numbers say that Alex Abrinas with the Stars is a really good thing. And so if they can just come out and just destroy people and have all the space in the world, and they basically now only have a one non-shooter, um, you know, in the lineup, I think that that would help. And I, you know, Abrinas has struggled on the defensive end, but Paul George can, he, he's more than adequate, you know, defending, you know, the best player on the opposing team. And then you can bring in, you know, especially against a team like Houston or, uh, if somebody has a really good six man, like you, you know, you bring in Robertson to shut down Eric Gordon, you know, and don't let him, you know, you know, go for 45 or whatever. Like you just, I don't know. That's something that I would do. I think that is pretty reasonable. Um, unreasonable. Uh, bring back perk. Dude is killing the D league. Give, <laughs> give me Kendrick Perkins. Um, let's see. As a box man, uh, what are the odds that Thunder are so high on Ferguson just to boost his trade value, similar to when Payne was here? Yeah, I, I disagree just because his minutes have been really inconsistent. Um, they've, they're really trying to decide between Ferguson, Abrinas, and Houston, like which one of those guys should be the, the – well, I mean, I guess Abrinas has, has the pole position in that, but um, which one of those guys – is going to be the primary guy off the bench and they're all getting a shot, but they're all being inconsistent. So in my opinion, it's hard for any of those guys to really develop a rhythm. Uh, I think they like Ferguson and I think they, they couldn't really pump his trade value now since he's a rookie and rookies don't really show what they're going to be like in the history. I, I, how often does a first round pick get traded as a rookie uh, that number has got to be extremely low, I, you know, without doing the research. But I think they like Ferguson, and I think 
they are waiting for him to to really show who he is. So I don't think they're boosting his trade value. And with the th- the way the Thunder are tied up money wise, I think it's foolish for the for Thunder fans to really expect any trades or transactions really for the entire season. I kind of think this is the team that they have, and unless something drastic happens with one of the stars, I don't think there's going to be any trades. Uh, I disagree with that. I think that the Thunder will make some kind of trade. Um, really? I, I just think Sam is always, he's always looking to improve this roster and he's, he, he almost always makes a trade. Sometimes it's small. Mm. Uh, I don't expect anything big, but I do expect some kind of fringe piece, you know. Really? Um, I don't know. So. I don't, I don't see it this year. I, the, the Thunder, to, in order to pull off a trade, and I'm not saying the Thunder can't because they have some really smart guys in that front office, but they have to kind of jump through a lot of hula hoops. I mean, because of the $135 million payroll that they have, mm-hmm. even to, to get one done. So I don't know. I just think it, it would be difficult to do. And I don't know. We'll see. If they are if they continue on an 8 and 11 pace, then yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe they should think about it. They'll have to make some big changes if, if that continues. Yeah. Um, but as far as Ferguson goes, like he's he's nineteen. He's a he's so skinny. Like the Thunder really do like him, and they like the kind of attitude that he has, and um, they think he's really a highly skilled player. Man. He's shown some defensive potential. I mean, he's he's just a rookie. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know. I just don't think there's a lot to talk about with him. Um, I, I'm just gonna say this, and it, I probably shouldn't. But man, Shimmy Ojale has been pretty good over there in Boston, and uh, <clears throat> it's been more than you, Shimmy, man. It, I mean, it's there's there's so many guys that that are later in the draft that have been so good, right? Yep. I, I mean, mean, that was the guy that I that him and Derek White were the two guys I was tar- I really really wanted us to get. Mm-hmm. I wanted us to get just my my baseline was someone that can contribute right away. Yeah. And I I didn't feel like that's what Ferguson was, and I still don't really feel like that's what he is. I I'm not saying he won't be a good player, but he was a future pick, which kind of seems strange to me. Yeah, I did not like the pick either. Um, I mean, my guy was OG Ananobi, who went two picks later. Yeah. Um, to Toronto, and he's been really, really good. People didn't think he'd play, um, but here he is. And I mean, there's just a lot of guys. I feel like, if, and Thunder fans do this a lot. We do this with like Mitch McGarry and players like that, where you're like, if they would have just taken this guy, um, I think there's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this draft. OG, um, I, I'm a big Derek White fan as well. I mean, Kyle Kuzma was taken after Josh Hart, who's <laughs> been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's I don't not, think anyone could have seen Kuzma coming, but still, yeah, yeah. Jordan Bell is like Jordan he's, Bell, yeah, he's Absolutely. legit. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys, even Dylan Brooks, who's played well for Memphis. I mean, there's just a lot of guys in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just just cool it on Ferguson for a while. Like, give him a couple of years, and if he's not any good when he's 21, then I think you can criticize the Thunder or say that they're doing whatever. But as of now, he's a late, you know, first round pick that they would love to develop and think can be a three and D wing. And that's really all that he is. So, um, Brent Potter asks if Ferguson or Brinus or who's better between mm. Ferguson or Brinus. I mean, it's a Brinus. A Brinus. The, th- the thing I'll say about a Brinus off of your point earlier was he is not making shots right now. There's no question shot close to 40% last year. He's shooting like 31% this year, mm-hmm. but when he's on the floor, he's still treated as a shooter. That's yeah. why the numbers with him on the floor are good. It's like when Robertson's on the floor, he's not making shots and everybody knows he's not right. going to make shots. Right. When Abrinas is on the floor, he's still getting that respect. So he's valuable to have on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And 
the thing I love about Abrinas, um, maybe even a little bit more than his shooting for this particular team is his ability to move the ball and he just knows how to play. Like there's just guys that know how to play. I think I don't like Jeremy Grant's probably not one of those guys, but Abrinas is definitely a guy that knows how to play the game. He sees the floor. Well, he moves the ball. Uh, he's the guy that the ball is not going to stick in his hands. He and Patterson are probably the, like the two best guys, like two best role players as far as guys that move the ball. Uh, I don't know Patterson hadn't played well, but I, I just think that both those guys need maybe uh, a little bit longer look. Um, and for whatever reason, they both get pulled quickly. And I think it's defensive issues. And you know, back to Patterson, I think one of the biggest problems with him is that he really can't play center. And he didn't play center a whole lot for Toronto. And he just gets killed in the post for whatever reason. Uh, I think he, I mean he's a big, strong guy, but I just don't know that his he doesn't have like the leg strength to like defend in the post for whatever reason. And I think that's one of the biggest flaws within his game. And I think the Thunder probably would be better off if they had you know signed like an Aaron Baines or somebody like that, a bigger guy that could play center or a wing, because um, they just don't need more power forwards at this point in time. Um, all right, let's see. Oh, from Sam Hollins, I think this is good, a good one, uh, from Ham Sollins. Uh, should Adams be playing more with the second unit and Paul George and Mello give them a more balanced feel? Mm. Uh, I think that that is interesting because the Thunder don't really have a backup center. Dakari Johnson hasn't played a lot of minutes. And Jeremy Grant, who plays the backup center position, he isn't much of a center. Kind of a lot of what you're saying about uh, Patrick Patterson. Like, he is in the 11th percentile right now of rebounding opponents' missed field goals, like defensive reboundings. He is not. He is not a great rebounder, which for a center, I feel like is maybe kind of important. <laughs> and if he's not spacing the floor, that's like maybe more of how he would be valuable is his ability to move inside and outside. Whereas Adams is more of your traditional like plotting center. Um, but it's something that the Thunder haven't tried. And right now they should probably just go ahead and try everything to see if, <laughs> if something's going to work. I mean, there was stretches in some games where he would stay on the floor with Paul George or with uh, Russell Westbrook to set those high pick and rolls. And those were still really effective, even you know no matter who's around them. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely something that they should try out. The, the only problem is big guys. I mean, you don't want to keep them on the floor for too many minutes because then maybe they won't be, they'll be tired and not as effective at the end of the game with Adams being the only center you want him at the end of the game. So I don't know, I guess it's sort of a trade off. Yeah. And they did do it against golden state where they pulled Adams early. And then whenever the second unit guys came in, he came in with them and it yeah. worked. Actually, I like Jeremy Grant with the starters, you know, yeah. a little bit more. So that might be something. Yeah, because Grant, yeah, I like Grant with the starters. I think really anybody with the starters is, is going to be okay. Uh, and Grant played really well. He had those blocks on Durant during that portion of the game where he was playing center. Um, I like that too. And um, I don't, the Adams Grant lineups are awful. Uh, mm-hmm. by the numbers and so you know they should play them together and i think that's kind of a natural you know sub for him is grant um and so i like i like that too i think that i think that they should continue to try that because the defense isn't going to fall off a cliff if steven adams is out there uh we've got time for one more uh we can go over this trade that 
Well, YBF to death. Oh, can I? Well, okay. All right. What I want to suggest a question. Yes. You Okay, let's do this and we can do that. We can do the okay. one that you want to go over. Okay, um, he asks uh, if we should trade Alex Abrinas and Jeremy Grant for Lou Williams. Oh, man. The only reason I, I, I mean, yeah, sure, it's bench scoring. The only reason I don't like it is we have enough guys who like to go one on five. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. If you put Lou Williams on the floor with Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, oh, my goodness, I cannot even imagine. Well, and, and Ray Felton. And Ray Felton. I mean, he would play a lot of minutes with Ray Felton in that second unit, and yeah. both those guys like the ball, take about six, seven dribbles, and beat you know beat their man one on one. So that I don't, stylistically, whew, I, mean, I don't know. Plus, you're thinning out that front line even more. Take away Jeremy Grant. Uh, now your backup bigs are Patrick pa- or Patrick Patterson and Dakari Johnson. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh. Yeah. I don't love it either. I I get the idea for sure. Uh. Because Lou can come in and he can score. And I mean, he's he's good. Uh. But it's also like a very short term fix for OKC. Um, you know, Alex Brina is going to be with the team for a long time, I would guess, and can be an elite shooter. I know people are frustrated with him because he's not making shots, but at some point in the season, he's going to make shots. You're going to be glad that he's on the team. Um, but I get it. And, you know, would a trade like that potentially help the Thunder? Yeah, it could. Um, but also, the Thunder can only do so many two for one trades. Um, they've already done a ton and they've thinned out their roster in the process and you do another one with two guys that play consistent minutes and then I I don't know. I mean that's that's the Thunder become very thin at that point. Yeah. Um, what was what was the question that okay. you wanted to go over? I just want to give a shout out to this guy, John Blunt, J T okay. Blunt. Yeah. Would you trade the bottom half of your bench for the corresponding amount of Kyle Singlers if it meant Andre could shoot like Alex? And if <laughs> If this means Alex from last year, like the Alex that made shots, then absolutely. Yeah. Because how good would that? I mean, Andre Robertson would be an all-star probably, <laughs> or, or at least like a Danny Green level amazing role player. If he could yeah. shoot at 39% from three, I would absolutely have seven terrible haircut Kyle Singlers. They would all have different haircuts <laughs> and they would all be super weird. And, I, you know, none of them would probably play. And it would be so worth it because the starting five would be the best in the NBA, no question. Yeah, uh, give me all the little baby man buns in, that I yeah. can take because uh, I <laughs> that would be amazing. We've always it's always been like a if you could combine two players on the Thunder, who would it be? And like in the past, it was like Adams and Canner. It's like oh man, then you have like a like really funny, nice Demarcus Cousins, you know, um, <laughs> and then you combine Anthony Morrow and with the shooting of Robertson and like you have yep. like a max this, level wing. This adds in, you know, six Kyle Singlers, you know, to yeah. mix of that. I so. take it. I take it. Yeah. Cause he's not, he's not going to be a locker room problem. He's just going to, you know, do his cupping, his floating and have strange haircuts. And he's like, as much as I make fun of Kyle Singler, he is an extremely nice person. So <laughs> if if all you got is weirdo nice guys on the end of your bench, plus yeah. the best starting lineup in the NBA, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, sorry we didn't get to everybody's questions today. We appreciate you guys uh, sending those in on Twitter. Um, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig. You can read his stuff on Daily Thunder uh, every Saturday. 
he puts out an article, uh, really good stuff, always really thoughtful pieces. Um, then you can uh, find his stuff at Fieldhouse. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Athletic.com slash Fieldhouse. Fantastic. You can follow, follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Uh, please support the people that support Down to Dunk. Go to the press. Uh, contact Grady Carter if you're trying to sell a house or buy a new home. And we will talk to you guys on Friday. 